Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. So true. You guys. Hi. <laughs> What's up, everyone? How is everyone? Uh, thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, as usual, you can always reach us uh, on Twitter at strugglebuspod or email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy or at Sally T or at SPK Heller. Sally, what's going on? Catherine, yes. uh, what's going on? I mean, kind of the usual. Um, I will say that I made a decision to stop reading uh, Dora, A Case of Hysteria by Sigmund Freud. Oh, um, I I was in a real like. Um, I am not <laughs> familiar with that to, one. No, but um, for those of us, let's pretend I don't know what that is. Um, uh. <laughs> so I I went into like a real deep dive reading about a lot of um, psychoanalysis and stuff because I'm interested in it, mm-hmm. and I decided I would like level up and just go to the source and read Freud, mm-hmm. and that shit is so batshit misogynist, like everything phobic. Yeah. Um, and I know this is not an original thought. I know everyone knows all this. No, but it's because it's true. It's because it's true. Yeah. Um, so I was reading it and I got halfway through. The foreword to the book is amazing because the foreword is like, what follows is complete nonsense. Here's why. And so then I got halfway through. And that's by some editor. Then I started reading Freud's actual case study and I got halfway through and I was so like aggravated. And also, I don't, not like triggered isn't the right word, but it was making me like, angry at psychoanalysis and at psychotherapy which is in a way I like to feel and I was like you know what fuck this and I stopped reading good because so, you've had experience with that so yeah it's like, and good experiences I'm guessing no yeah right? really good yeah so ugh. but it's it's hard like I feel so much guilt like letting go of a like a tv show or a movie or yeah but like something I've committed to and I decided fuck it I don't know man I'm all about burning bridges when are the show you pisses me I gotta off. do that more yeah I think yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm done with you yeah what have you what shows have you been done with well I was forced to not forced somebody recommended I watch a show called last man on earth it was a okay. sitcom it just came out with Christian Shaw and 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 the guy from SNL I forget his name and I kept giving it chances and everyone else was like oh it's really good and finally I was like no yeah and it was for a stupid reason, but like it just the show wasn't adding up anyway. And mm-hmm. then one thing happened, and I was like, "That is so you were like, Fuck ridiculous." It. Yeah, we're done here. TV shows are one thing that I will quit because I usually feel like I'm doing it for really righteous reasons, and then I can like talk about how oh. great it is that I did that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, there's that. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> but so your knee's feeling better. That's my good. knee is feeling better. Everybody, uh, you guys were really nice. You were like asking over Twitter how I was doing. I'm still, you know, like not. I wouldn't say my knee is like. 100% functional, but I would say it's like way better than it was. And guess what? Swimming is like better than it used to be. Yeah. I don't hate it as much. Um, Can we just say to Simply Micho, who's that? Oh my God. Did, we retweeted this, did this, I guess it was based on our show, right? Yeah, A yeah. cartoon about someone coming out saying surprise assholes. Yeah, yeah. It's the most spectacular thing I've ever it's seen awesome. in my life. Yeah, I think they heard us t- referencing it on Citizen Radio. Right. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so go to uh, follow Struggle Bus Pod if you're not already because people are uh, sharing some amazing things. It's so things. awesome. Yeah. So anyway, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's good to hear, though. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. As you guys can hear, my voice uh, is voice still is... here. I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah. I did have a sinus infection, so okay. I was sick for uh. a while, but I was able to do all the things I needed to do, and it was good to 
forced myself to take care of myself. And, and now you can take up smoking again and uh, not worry about it. You guys voice. have no idea. I just like smoked the <laughs> biggest blunt before Sally got here. Um, yeah, no, everything's good with me. I was just telling Sally I'm shocked I'm in a good mood today. Uh, We're both like remarkably cheerful. Yeah. Something's probably wrong. I know. I can't wait for that. Although I did have a moment. Um, so if you're in New York or heard about this, there's a thing called rent stabilization, and that's the unicorn of apartments, which mm-hmm. means your rent will not go up exorbitantly at the landlord's discretion. It makes sense, and it should be the law that all apartments are like that, but that's not the case. I live in a rent-stabilized apartment, so I know I'm safe for a while. Mm-hmm. And every few years or so, they always bring up the laws, and the laws expire, and then the landlords try to get more money from Albany and blah, 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 and get rid of rent stabilization. And the laws expired last night, and they haven't come to a deal yet, but that doesn't mean anything. But my upstairs neighbor is such a sweetheart, and she's going through a rough time with some other things, and she got really upset and was asking me what I knew about it, and she's like, I just can't afford to live here anymore. And... I was the calm voice of reason, like, listen, don't panic. Nothing's going to happen today. And I used my favorite phrase, which somebody taught me once. Don't be scared of the wolf in the woods. Be scared of the wolf at your door. Because you all know there's wolves in the woods. Mm -hmm. Bad shit's going to go down no matter what. But just wait till the wolf actually comes to your door Mm -hmm. and knocks on it. My policy is to be worried about both. Yes. I mean, (laughs) listen, is there a part of me that is a little worried about the wolves in the the woods? You betcha. But um, it was sort of good that I... And then, of course, I called my sister panicked because she's a lawyer. And I was like, what is this? And she's like, don't worry about it. Um, So when when will you find out what the situation is? It happens all the time. And likely, even if anything were to happen, like it would take years to evict the people who... Like there will be lawsuits. Mm -hmm. There would be... I don't know. I already signed a two-year lease, so... It's just frustrating because New York is so expensive and anytime the rich people try to, I don't mean to be like good evil, like this is Daredevil or something, which by the way, if you haven't watched it on Netflix, <laughs> I still haven't it's watched amazing, it. <laughs> but it's all about like good and evil and that always pisses me off. But it's true. There's times where I'm like, are these people actually evil? Because yeah. New York is so hard to live in as it is. And I just got like, for a second, I was like, I'm a failure because I haven't bought a place. And then I was like, oh my God, listen to yourself. Yeah, that's just some fucking construct. Like, yeah. fuck that. You do have a sweet, sweet apartment. And I if do. they try to fuck with it, I will come here and defend it. I am so, yeah. Anyway, so that's that. But it's it's okay. But let's get to your guys's. Let's get stuff. into it. Also, thank you so much for all the tweets and people who listen to us on all the shows. Yeah. And Keep so on tweeting. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. We, <laughs> we don't go on the the Twitter every day but when we do so Sally and I share the the struggle bus account I see like what Sally's liked mm-hmm. and favorited and what and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. like oh I want to retweet that oh she already did so don't think we haven't we won't be getting yeah to we're, you, we're into it we're into it it's great um yeah so I guess the first email is from psychedelic guitar so that is a fake name cool <laughs> and they asked for it cool. now you're Alter allowed ego. to ask for your own name by the way whatever you want and apparently we're honoring every request we are honoring every <laughs> So, um, PG. Now, this this email is a bit long, so we edited it, but we'll get to the gist of it, so don't worry. So, hello. I'll start off by apologizing. I'm this email's so long that I'm going to lean back. Perfect. <laughs> lean back, Sally. I'm terribly worried and even worse at summary, so I, feel, I fear this email will be longer than I intend. As such, if you choose to edit it down for the sake of brevity, that's totally fine. I just finished listening to episode 14, and I want to join as yet another voice who feels like I'm starting my life a lot later than most people. I turned 28 on May 22nd. I graduated high school back in 2005, and while I started college in 2006, I didn't actually figure out what I wanted to do until 2010 and just got my bachelor's degree in anthropology in December of 2014. Oh God, these fucking student loans I have. Mm -hmm. I'm currently searching for a fellowship to get my master's and then eventually my PhD, both in anthropology. So I feel like I lost a good 10 years there. 
but onto the reason I'm writing. I cannot for the life of me write an quote unquote about me. I have read numerous how-tos, but I've yet to find which one is actually useful. People, perhaps this is also why I abhor these questions on some job applications that run along the lines of what one word would your friends use to describe you? I mean, dot, dot, dot. So um, he goes on to say that things that he is interested in and music and all the other things that he's been involved with, Politically, how do you, you know, he, he talks about OK Cupid profiles, how he likes a lot of podcasts, and then says, um, so clearly my problem with writing it about me is I have too much to say and don't know how to say it succinctly, obviously. By the way, I just did it for you, so if you want to go ahead and put <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. And also, I don't think that any that any of that or anything else I could put on one is anything anyone would actually be interested in. So, any suggestions on writing and about me that isn't an essay? I'm terribly clever with anything, let alone... I think it's I'm terrible with clever anything. I'm terrible with clever anything, let alone... I don't know what that is. Nims? So... Oh, pseudonyms? Pseudonyms, yes. Um... Anyway, so, but if you want to, uh, I, so feel free to use my real name because I'm not anonymous online, but if you want to psychedelic guitar, all I can think of, it's 2.20 a.m. here and I've been awake now for about 25 hours, so that's my defense and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for the awesome podcast. I kept that part in for a reason. You've been up for 25 hours, psychedelic. <laughs> that's a long, that's a, lo- that's a not long healthy. time to be awake. And I have to say, yes. Your email reads like someone who's been up for twenty five hours. This is we're not we're not shaming you. We're not saying no anything. no shame. But the the your email is like, I mean, it was really fun to read, and you're you're interesting, and you have a lot of interests and passions, and you Very have a funny. lot of stuff to say, and you're really funny. Um, but you um, I don't even know. Well, let's start out with this. You have a lot of interests, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and that's fantastic. And it's so hard to pull an about me together. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds like you've got a lot going on in your brain. And that can cloud uh, your vision when you're working on something. Yeah, things do seem like they might be, if what you emailed us reflects what's happening internally for you, it seems like things might be really hectic in there. Yeah, so maybe um, focus first on clearing the closet out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like organizing your thoughts a little bit and getting some rest. Take care of yourself. Yeah. It is so hard to shut down your brain. There are nights where I'm just laying there freaking out and they say meditate and all this stuff. And I'm like, but I can't meditate. Yet another thing to worry about. (laughs) But when I do, it's, I am so much more productive the next day and in life in general. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to shut down parts of your brain. And if that means going to a doctor and getting medication or talking to somebody, um, you will find that it'll be a lot easier to have clearer thoughts about who you are and mm-hmm. what you want to say about yourself. Yeah, and even like, I mean, here's the thing about writing in About Me for a dating website. it's in, The purpose of it isn't to communicate every single thing about you that you think is relevant or interesting or significant. It's to give people a general sense of like who you are and what you're about so that they want to get to know you. So that's like when, you know, it. when I read this, I was feeling like you were feeling extraordinarily pressured to explain every single thing and then explain every single thing about that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, don't bring that strategy to OkCupid. Like, and I know you're saying that's the thing that you have trouble with, but maybe make it a writing exercise where you say, I'm giving myself three sentences. I'm giving myself one adjective per sentence, you know, whatever. Pick one interest and say three things about it, something like that. Yeah, basically the part that I um, 
uh, sort of recapped the part of the, the letter that was a page long, which is great because I learned a lot about you. Um, but obviously, some, not everyone's going to want to read through a whole mm-hmm. dossier. Uh, it's just basically you love music and look at what you wrote to us. You know, you, yeah. you love music and politics and you have a lot of interests. And that's really cool. And that's all you need to that's say. That's all you need to say. And you say the name of a couple shows you listen to and a couple people you like and writing and stuff. Go ahead and name them. So then people mm-hmm. can be like, I love that author. I love that podcast. Mm-hmm. We have something in common. That always helps yeah. to sort of weed out people. Agreed. And also you can do the the time-honored dating profile tradition of starting your about me by saying, I'm terrible at writing these things, but yeah. like basically like nine of 10 profiles online discuss how, I mean, because because everyone really does hate writing them because they're terrible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so throw that in there. Throw some self-awareness yeah, in there. Yeah, that's cute. You know, why not? Um, the other thing about like losing time, I just... Yeah, I wanted to get back to that again yeah. because I really... Yeah, well, do you want to... No, no, I just wanted to say I kept that in the letter, in the reading it, because I think that's important that to know for the other listener who wrote in, a lot of people are feeling this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very common, and I think we said it during the show, but I'm really glad you you were able to address it. And of course, you know your life's not over, and you know... I, I get it, though, and it's a, it, it does present a feeling of despair especially when you have student loans and you have so much going on yeah you know so it it can add to your cluttered yeah and like I agree with that um and I think you know you said I feel like I lost to get a good 10 years there and I mean I I don't think that you did because I don't think there's such a thing as like losing time um I think I mean maybe if you were like in some kind of a like coma for 10 years that might feel like that maybe, but like yeah. <laughs> maybe but like you know you were alive and learning and interacting with people so I don't think that lost time is a thing but um I think it's also interesting just to note that you included it in an email to us about your about me because it's obviously that makes me think it's a thing that's on your mind and it's a thing that worries you and like Catherine said maybe that contributes to your what might be cluttered inside your mind um and neither of us mean to be presumptuous but because it does read like things are cluttered up there I wonder if it isn't worth also just like like I understand that this email is about troubleshooting the about me but I wonder if it isn't worth also just like sitting down and maybe like thinking through some other things that maybe are you're preoccupied with or like worried about and that might be um stressing you out yeah and this is such a dorky thing but it really helped me when I needed to sort of figure out what was going on in my head and priorities and my worries and 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 anxieties I like to make lists because once you write it down and see it in front of you Mm -hmm. it just becomes a lot clearer totally so maybe sort of write down start off with a list of things about you that you like Mm -hmm. and the next list is you know things that are bothering you the next list is you know, what What have I learned in 10 years that I would never have learned had I not spent yeah. these 10 years doing this? Oh, that's a Little good idea. Little affirmations and things. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, like I, I've sort of like, again, I hate it when people say, you know, I learned this by reading a book about energy. But it's true <laughs> that for someone who I too have, you know, insomnia at times and have stayed up for way too long worrying about things, um, it has helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. No, I think like little things that you can do actually instead of just like sitting around like thinking are mm, great and mm-hmm. writing is one of them so yeah cool thank you so much psychedelic guitar let us know how you're doing good luck with online dating yeah yeah that's a whole other the whole other thing <laughs> but it sounds like write you're doing to us great. when that starts to happen more and is inevitably going terribly yes. as it does but, but no i'm just kidding thanks for writing and you're, you're you're awesome and thanks for the kind words and stuff so sally all right so here's our next email i forgot to think of a, uh, a good pseudonym oh yeah we can call him whenever uh, whatever we want um what are you feeling 
are we doing Back to Mad Men or should we choose another we show? We probably should. Well, okay, yeah. What's another? What do we both? What's another thing we both watch? Oh, I'm right? watching Daredevil, but you're not. I'm not. But let, let's go with that. That's I like that. Okay. But I don't know anything from it, so you um, choose Matt. Matt. <laughs> That's so boring. Wah, no. wah. Sorry, any Matts listening. Your name's right. not boring. Um, okay. Dear Kate and Sally, I'm having a hard time even writing this, but wanted your take if you would feel up to it. I'd like to apologize up front for being all over the map as I write this. I can't seem to come up with a consistent narrative here. You see, back in February, I was arrested for a DWI. A series of colossal fuck-ups led to what happened, from not eating enough that evening to having that last beer, deciding I was okay to drive, taking a route home that passed a bunch of bars, etc. But the bottom line is that it was entirely on me to be responsible, and I wasn't. I'm dealing with the courts right now. I know I have to be nicer to myself, but I can't seem to understand how to do it. I know the statistics, something crazy like one out of six adult men in my state have ever been arrested for DWI, but I still can't help thinking about what a fuck up I am at life. Add to it that I'm boring as fuck. I didn't drink until I was 20, done drug, done drugs exactly three times in my life, nothing on my permanent record worse than being a, worse than a couple speeding tickets more than a decade ago. I'm just completely at sea how to deal with, with how to deal with this. This is the worst trouble I've ever been in, and yet I can't seem to stop beating myself up. I went to a chemical evaluation, and the therapist there said I was too hard on myself. She, she also doesn't think I have a problem with alcohol. My regular therapist, I see her twice a year, and she gives me Lexapro, says I'm too hard on myself in general, but I was too embarrassed to tell her about the DWI. Even so, there's such a stigma in our society about this sort of thing. I don't feel like I'm allowed to give myself a pass or seek forgiveness. I don't know if more drugs is the answer. That would also mean going back to my therapist and coming clean with her and asking to up my script. I don't know if just talking about it is the answer or time. Do I feel, do I deserve to feel better or or am I destined to forever feel like a fuck up and super villain? I really hope someone can tell me what I need to do here. I know what my therapist will say. Pretty sure she'd get judgy and tell me to be more responsible next time. I'm turning to you for practical life advice. I love the show and I feel like you get the same things I do about life, anxiety, depression, etc. Well, other well, other than I'm a 41-year-old man with a wife and two kids from the upper Midwest, but I hope you understand what I mean. Thanks, you two are awesome. P.S. I attached a picture of my cat because cats. Always do that. <laughs> Always do that. Um, and then follow-up email um, from Matt. Just wanted to follow up because I wanted to make a couple points. One, nobody was hurt, and for that I'm tremendously thankful. If someone had been hurt, I don't know how I could live with myself ever again. Two, despite the fact that the incident was over such a bullshit reason, I still take responsibility for my actions, and I acknowledge that I was colossally stupid that evening. Three, I'm not asking you for forgiveness or to justify my actions, just how I can move past the self-loathing I feel. It's one thing to say I made a mistake, quite another to make myself believe it, especially with the magnitude of said mistake. In this case, it's just a massive fuck up. Four, my cat's name is Clarice. Yes, she's named after Clarice Starling. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. All right, Matt, here's the thing. Uh, I didn't know this going, I forgot this part of your email when you said you're like a fuck up and you feel like a supervillain. Well, Matt in Daredevil is the hero, okay? There you go. So Problem solved, first of all, case closed. First of all, done. <laughs> uh, now, this is very interesting because I have been the person in a conversation to say, drunk drivers can go fuck themselves, mm-hmm. those pieces of shit. However, <laughs> we've all done, we've all done something stupid, mm-hmm. okay? Um... I know way too many people who've driven home drunk and just didn't get caught. Okay, yeah, oh. you got you got caught, yeah, and that sucks. And you're you're not asking for forgiveness, and you take full responsibility. I can't even stress this enough: how right your shrink is that you're being too hard on yourself. And there's something else going on with you where you're beating yourself up too much. Now, listen, again, not to say drunk driving is ever you know okay. I don't think you'll do it again. I completely. I'm so glad no one was hurt. Um, it's such a 
tricky issue, but you need to figure out why it is that you're beating yourself up so much. And also, if you're on antidepressants or Lexapro, is that an antidepressant? Yeah. That can also mix with alcohol and make you drunker than, that's, I'm not excusing your behavior, but it's possible it did sneak up on you. I don't know. You should never drink when you're on antidepressants because it can heighten. I mean, you can drink. Sorry, I have drank on antidepressants, but it does definitely change things a little yeah. bit. Like no one's not doing it, but just be aware of how it interacts with your yes. medicine. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So I shouldn't have said you shouldn't. Well, you, that technically you, is true. They say you shouldn't, but do whatever. Okay, do yeah. whatever you can. But um, I want to let Sally chime in. But uh, I think just first of all, your shrink is right. You might want to go back and be honest with her and just sort of have a chat. But Sally, what are your thoughts? I have like a thousand thoughts, but Great. one is... The person that you see twice a year to prescribe medicine is not your therapist. They're your psychiatrist and they dole out medicine. So what you actually need, I know you said you wanted practical life advice, so I'm going to give you some. Go to a therapist, um, a, one that you talk about your feelings with, um, because what Catherine said is is right. I mean, there's su- there's other stuff going on with you because your level of, I mean, the number of times you, I mean, the first thing you said in your email to us, well, this second sentence contain an apology and you don't have to apologize to us for anything but I think that you're really 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 going through it with guilt and self-loathing over this and obviously to some extent that makes perfect sense I mean drunk driving you know for good reason is like very you know looked down upon demonized etc but your reaction is does not really seem commensurate with what actually happened and when that is going on you instead of trying to just like treat the feeling you have, what you want to do is get to the root of why you have that feeling. So in other words, this is an opportunity for you to figure that out. And you do want to treat the feeling too. I mean, you know, it sucks to feel the way you're feeling because it feels like it's not tolerable. I mean, it sounds like you're beating yourself up so much and you're so filled with self-loathing. Um, and that's an impossible way to be. And you, it was so clear in your first email that, you take full responsibility, that you feel really bad, that no one was hurt, that you don't need forgiveness. And you wrote us a second email to reiterate all of that. And so it seems like there's something, your like guilt and self-loathing and shame over this is like blocking your ability to really actually process it and figure it out, I would say. So um, I, I mean, I really do think that therapy is a thing that needs to happen. Sorry to be so predictable in saying that. No, and, and Sally's right. That's another thing I was going to say is you see the person twice a year for pills. They're Even even though they ask you how you're doing, they're not a shrink. Exactly. I mean, they can be. They're trained to do both. Right, but they right. mostly just, yeah. Um, and I, I uh, it's, again, how do I put this? I, I see someone like you who's made a mistake and this happens and people do things. And then I see someone like a recent celebrity was just on an airplane and got thrown off because they were so drunk and like beat up a flight attendant, which is like a federal. <laughs> and that person turned around and was like, whatever, I was just partying, man. And I forget the name of the person. I don't want to say it was like Justin Bieber, but it was one of those mm-hmm. child stars, people who can't feel shame. And they're like, whatever. There's so many people out there who don't take responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're already better than most of the people in the world. How about that? Yeah. Um, the fact that you're accepting of what you did was wrong. I know way too many people in my personal life too, who just don't take responsibility for their actions and will blame anything but themselves. So in a way, it's good that you're at least blaming the right person and yet you're doing it a little too much yeah and I would say also that when you're this insistent on beating yourself up you're not really I mean it is a way of taking responsibility but really taking responsibility what that looks like is really understanding why what happened happened and um, figuring it out in a, in a deep and rich way not just like 
you know, hitting yourself over and over and over and over again with how ashamed you are. Um, so, oh, and the other thing I was going to say is if you're thera- if you feel like your therapist would be like judgy and an asshole if you explained what happened, like A, you either, there's either something to deal with around how being worried to be vulnerable around judgment or your therapist is an asshole mm-hmm. and you need a new therapist. Yeah. Like, I don't know which one it is because I'm not like in the room with you, but um, if you think that you cannot open up to this person either because of you or because of them, then just like ditch them, fuck them. Yeah, one time I had a therapist that I loved, but she said something very judgmental to me about my sex life. And it wasn't like I was doing anything unsafe. That's the thing, as I mentioned, it's so stupid. I mentioned I, I like to smell like sex after sex. I don't like to shower. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, that's not very hygienic. And I was like, what? What? I know. What, and is I just she like sort of, a textbook from 1955? Right, Who says that? And I couldn't believe she said it. And I, I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, you know, I really like you as a therapist. I'm going to have to go ahead and not talk to you about that part of my life anymore unless you don't have a response like that because that's ridiculous. Yeah, scram. And then she like kind of felt bad. And I kind of felt like I don't want to have to yell at my shrink, but I didn't talk to her about sex stuff anymore after that because it, yeah. She should talk to her therapist about her hangups with sex and how they're preventing her from actually well, I, connecting with her patients. I hope she did. I hope she did, but that was one time where I was like, you know what? That's not on me. That's on you. Yeah. And she was great, though. Otherwise, she was perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm in a rage about this. There's I nothing worse than hearing furious what awful her. things therapists say to people. Yeah, I was furious with her. Ugh. But uh, yeah, so, you know, and also do it for you. Do it for your kids. Do it for your family and do it for your cat. Be yeah, good, to, be good to yourself. On. What do you think? What, Clarice isn't just going to sit around waiting for you to, yeah, uh, you know, love yourself again, yeah. Matt. I mean, do it for you mostly, but like definitely recognize you're filled with love of people around you who who love you. Yeah, you know? and like just like one closing thing, which I think we've said, but I'll say it anyway. This this there are very few things that I think make someone a reprehensible, bad, terrible person. Um, and if you engage in those behaviors, like you probably don't care if you're a bad person anyway yes um it's like not the first thing on your mind um you're obviously a really a person with a lot of sensitivity and feelings and who's caring um and you should know that that is an obvious thing about you so you're fine there you're not a bad person but there is another step to take which is just like getting some of this shit sorted out yes Yes, I, I, perfect. Thank you so much for writing in. Thanks, and Matt. for the cat picture. Yeah. All right. So um, this is from They Want to Be Called Voices in My Head, which sounds like an 80s song. We went oh. we, we went a little too far with telling people to choose their Take own. It down now. Choose this your own one syllable. One name. syllable? <laughs> <laughs> Writing about me. Um, no, I like this, though. Voices no, in this, my is head. this is good. This is good. Hello, Catherine and Sally. I'm a listener to both Struggle Bus and Tell the Bartender, but I've never written in for advice, so here goes. Background. I work for a grocery store part-time and run a nonprofit farm animal sanctuary with the rest of my time. So here's my question. Everybody at my job knows that I'm a vegan. This, however, does not stop them from telling me about the animals they have cooked or hunted. I can usually ignore this, and only when pushed will I say something shocking back to make them stop. However, my big boss said something that has been bothering me for weeks. And as much as I like him as a person, I have to fight my desire to confront him. He explained to me that he is a quote-unquote hunter, not killer, because he only kills animals he eats. He feels no guilt because this is how he was raised. Now, in a world where he did not have power over my job, I'd probably tell him that to the animals he is, kill- he is hunting, he is a killer. And if 
he were stalking, shooting, and eating humans, he'd be called a killer slash murderer. So my question for you two is, how do you deal with the anger and sadness that comes when someone justifies killing some justify something you find so horrible i still need this job but the voices in my head are calling him killer every day i see him okay now your pseudonym makes more sense and i feel bad no it's okay okay (laughs) sally did you want to jump on this first um i want to how do you deal with the anger and sadness that comes i mean because i have i have something to say why don't you start full disclosure i'm vegan sally used to be vegan Mm -hmm. but i don't know what your your habits are now but it's your business um and that's sort of the point of what i'm going to say to you um so when i first went vegan uh i had this problem too and i did it for health reasons and also ethical reasons but then once i got into it i got a little really into it Mm -hmm. and started doing all the research because it helped me stay vegan Mm -hmm. at first because it was such a life change and i remember saying to my shrink the one who said the thing about showering Mm -hmm. i said you know i've never felt this way before but i'm starting to hate people who eat me Mm -hmm. and she said okay Catherine." she's like Here's the thing, and you see this a lot with people who quit alcohol and people who have to take something out of their lives or choose to or make a life change. Um, a lot of times, and, I, and I, I've had friends who've stopped drinking who are wonderful, and then I've had one or two that have been insufferable and judge other people for drinking just because they can't, right? And she goes, sometimes you do that because you need to justify your own actions in your head. And it helps you stay sober. It helps you stay vegan. It helps Mm -hmm. you stay these things if you tell yourself why it is you don't do the other behavior that people do. And she goes, so, you know, this is fine that you're feeling this and it's natural, but if you're still feeling this a year from now, I would say maybe you need to take a look at yourself. Mm -hmm. And I totally respect you and I get it. You know, there's times where I see people who are like, oh, you're vegan, you're crazy, and then they're whatever. Um, but you, you got to understand that if you're so mad at him, something's going on with you that's making you feel angry. And uh, we live in a society with people with different beliefs, religions, and practices, and that's that's a fact. You have to figure out how to coexist among other people without being, and I'm sorry, the preachy vegan, because that's not going to help anyone with anything. Sally, thoughts? I have nothing to say. You said everything. I'm so glad you just said everything. And I, trust me, I get it. Yeah. No. Uh, voices. I fucking hate it when people are like, eh, I'm going to kill animals. Okay, it's, that's funny. But overall, some you're going to meet a million people a day you don't agree with on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is like in particular a difficult thing for, for me to weigh in on because like Catherine said, I used to be vegan. And when I stopped being vegan, um, I de- so I had friendships that just like didn't continue because people were so like couldn't connect with me anymore like and were so enraged that I'd become this person and that made me really and and when I was vegan I I felt the way like voices in my head is feeling the way you said you felt when you first went vegan like um and so I've kind of been on both sides of it and the thing is is that if someone else is doing something that's making you like enraged to the point of distraction, um, that's not like personally messing with like your well-being or like your body or your autonomy or your family, you you do, I think, have to step back and like Catherine was saying, I'm just like repeating everything she said, like step back and say like, what is happening here that I'm being so triggered? Um because there are people around us constantly who are being monsters about stuff. And I, I mean, I know that when I'm like on Facebook and I see someone I know post something that I don't agree with that I think is like low-key pretty fucking racist, I'm like angry. Um, but it's not the kind of anger that I 
it, it's not like a, a triggering anger where I feel like something in me is being like um, like attacked or violated. It's like a person I disagree with. And I, I think that when someone someone's beliefs makes you feel like you're being violated, there's kind of something going on. Yeah. Now, now here's the thing, right? Is your boss doing this to get a rise out of you? Is he harassing you? Is he coming in every day describing all the animals he's killed to piss you off? That's a different situation. Yeah, yeah. that's like that basically is, harassment. Yes, that is harassment. And um, if that's what's going on, that's fucked up. But he's also just doing it to exert power, right? So, uh, and I've had to do this sometimes where people tease me. Listen, when you're vegan or anything, people are going to make fun of you. This is just a fact. And just, okay, laugh it off. Did it ruin your day? No? Okay, perfect. It's not a big deal, okay? Um, they laugh and they make fun of you because they don't understand it. it. And if they don't get it, you're not going to teach them. Mm-hmm. You know? So this guy, if he's actually harassing you and you're the one who's like just trying to do your job, you may want to take him aside and say, hey, listen, we're always going to agree to disagree on what we choose to do. Just mm-hmm. maybe going forward, let's not discuss animals ever again. Mm-hmm. We can discuss anything else. Don't bring it up in front of me and I won't discuss my thing. But if he keeps doing it, that's harassment. Yeah. Just because it's a different situation. That's He's a different thing. Power, yeah. Right. But like you run a farm sanctuary, like you're saving animals' lives like and you're improving their lives and you live a, a virtuous life according that are consistent with your ethics, which is awesome and it's a privilege to be able to do that. And so this one asshole who's getting inside your head like a like fuck him but b like figure out what it is like it's hard to say like you know it's hard to give advice on like how to deal with like the anger and sadness that comes when someone justifies something you find so horrible because it's so specific to you I mean, something is happening like with you specifically around this. Yeah, and you know what? Something just occurred to me. It's possible the guy's a big fucking asshole and this is what you're zeroing in on. Mm -hmm. Right, You know what I mean? Like maybe you hate him for other reasons too as well. You know, I only say this because I don't mean to be like you only have to love non-mediators and you can't, whatever. Um, But if he's being a jerk to you and this happens to be one of the many things he's doing, yeah, that is a problem, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But if it's just you sort of manifesting in your head you know maybe just lay off a little bit because Sally brought up a great point you're doing amazing work um I I have always wanted to work on a farm and help animals and there's so many things I want to be doing right now uh and you're doing it and that's huge Mm -hmm. take a step back and just think about all the great work you're doing and all the animals you're saving and helping and this guy eh yeah like who fucking cares what he says about himself I mean it's not like if he calls himself one word instead of another word, fewer animals die at his hand. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it doesn't, it's kind of a matter of semantics, which I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that's like a satisfying thing to hear because I understand the importance of the words, but um, I, I just don't think that. Um, yeah, I don't mean to sound, and I don't think we mean to sound dismissive of, of no, your feelings no, no. at all, because obviously it's coming from somewhere. I guess it's just that it's eating you alive. Like yeah. it, it's currently you're currently the animal that is being hurt, right? Yeah. Like, um, you're you're letting it get to you, and you have so many other better things going on with your life that you should be wasting your what wasting spending your energy on, as opposed to wasting it work like being angry with this guy. Mm-hmm. Unless I said, of course, he is harassing you in general, in which case you need to deal with that. Yeah, and I don't know if it'll help to pretend like you don't care but I find that people antagonize people who are assholes antagonize other people when they know that it's like really bothering them oh yeah and maybe if these people 
could tell that you didn't care if they talked about the animals that are that they've cooked and eaten, which I understand that you do care and it's really important to you. But maybe if they thought that you didn't care, they would just sort of like give up on antagonizing you. And so maybe you can like just pretend. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I work in a place that serves nothing but meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they know I'm vegan and they leave me alone because I'm like, you know, it's, it's my belief, but this is my job and I'm here, right? And only one of them gave me shit once, but I think it's just because they had a crush on me and were trying mm-hmm. to tease me. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was one of those things where he was like trying to be funny or something and I was like okay and I walked away and he never talked to me again (laughs) it's I I, it's a really annoying dynamic the like the people who feel like they have to make jokes about like how delicious bacon is and how like I love animals they're delicious or I love animals over pasta that bullshit and then the response of like really self-righteous vegans those are that is like a conversation like I don't want to hear either side like saying their their part no one's um, gonna win and I'm, and I'm not calling I'm not saying you're that person by the way um voices in my head mm-hmm. um I'm just saying like that is like a dynamic of like th- those are like two people who have other shit going on and are being like assholes to each other yeah. because of it yeah but um let's go back you know just to, to sum up you do amazing stuff just focus on that that's so cool um yeah, and fuck this guy. He's Send an us asshole. pictures of the animals you work with. There you please. go. <laughs> Do that, and uh, I don't know. Ignore him. I don't yeah, know. ignore him. And, and like I said, if it's more of a workplace harassment situation, um, well, we'll need to find out a way to deal with that. But let's just start with this. Sleep better at night, knowing that you're living a better life than he is. This is true. Oh, all right. I hope that helps. I hope everyone, you know, uh, yeah, that makes sense, right? I think I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. Right, I think cool. we just. I uh, gave out some stellar advice I to a bunch so of people. Too. Yeah. All right. Cool. So um, vegans are better than everyone else. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, no, you can uh, please let us know how you're doing, everyone. And if you have questions for us, write on in at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at strugglebuspod and use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to get a struggle buddy or send us animal pictures. Please always do that. Always. Yeah. And you can find us on Twitter also at Sally T and at SPK Heller. Um. Yeah, it's your week for the song. It's my week for the song. See you guys. I'm so excited. I, okay, I put this song on today, and I found myself dancing around the apartment, and it sort of made me cry a little bit too. So I don't know if you guys remember Flashdance. Do I? Let me walk you through it. <laughs> uh, it's a young lady named Alex. She's putting herself through school by being a welder, which is awesome. That is so fucking baller. And she's learning how to dance. Uh, and then there's some water on somebody at some point. Okay. And <laughs> she tries to get into this dance school. And then she, uh, I think she, the final scene is the audition or whatever. And this is the song that plays. Okay. And it's called What a Feeling. Uh, and the singer is Irene Cara. I don't know other songs she's done, but it starts off with like, first when there's nothing but a something dream. And uh, one of the lines is, um, take your passion and make it happen. Ooh. And I love that. And That's- I think so 80s yeah (laughs) and I think about that a lot whenever I'm going for something I I love it's like you know take this passion and make it happen doesn't always work but but hey hey give it I love it that's great yeah and you were dancing and crying I was like a little bit of both so get ready like happy to cry cry dance yeah that's awesome all right so I'm Kate I'm Sally thanks for listening Bye. bye